Well, it shouldn't be hard to find the Scripture reading. It's the last chapter of the Bible this morning, Revelation 22. Let's read that passage together, Revelation 22. And our text for this service is found in verse 13 and 16. Hear the word of the Lord. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I'm coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, You must not do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the evildoers still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Behold, I'm coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may hear the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates." Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I'm coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. So far the reading of God's holy word. Dear congregation, thanks for having me. Let me say that first, but 
let me say as we begin this sermon, I would never have imagined preaching on the subject I'm preaching on this morning. When having to make a sermon specifically focused on the glory and the wonderfulness of Jesus Christ as Savior of sinners, I was thinking to preach perhaps on one of his names or titles that we find in the Bible, and there are over 200 names and titles for Jesus. And those names and titles are not just labels, they are descriptions, self-revelations of him. And all those 200 names plus, they can't fully describe Jesus in all his glory and beauty and fullness as Savior of sinners. Well, as I was going through the Scriptures, reading different passages with various of Jesus' names and titles, and then came to Revelation 22, all of a sudden the word and really stood out as so significant and precious. It's one little word, but loaded with gospel. Who is Jesus Christ the Lord? Just listen again to what we read in the last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 22, 13, and 16. There we, we hear about Jesus as ascended, exalted Savior of sinners, saying to his church, and for all the world to know, I am the Alpha and Omega, the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I, Jesus, have sent my angel, my minister, to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star, or you could also translate the bright and the morning star. Well, now, we could easily think of in detail on these ten names in these two verses. And no doubt a series of sermons could be given on them. But in this sermon with you, let's just think on that word and in both verses. Revelation 22, verse 13 and 16. The and joining, joining the words in the text are really precious. If we think it through, and I hope to bring that forward, with the little word and, just as found in our two verses, dear congregation belonging to Christ. The purpose of this message is simply to magnify Christ the Lord before us. So to encourage also all you as God's people in the way of trusting Him and living for Him. And I pray too that should anyone here yet be unsaved, that you be drawn to this Savior who is excellent and beautiful beyond description, really. So the theme for this sermon is as given in the bulletin, and awesome, noteworthy, delightful gospel conjunction. That this one word can speak such volumes is awesome, our first point. When you think, first of all, just of that it's a three-letter conjunction, both in English, in Greek, and in Hebrew. I think children in church, you still learn in school, don't you, or in homeschooling, about, about nouns and prepositions and verbs, pronouns, yes, and, and, and conjunctions too. The word and, you admit, is just a very little word. It's so common in everyday speech and writing, isn't it? In the Bible, it's found 
thousands of times, about 9,000 times in the New Testament and at least 30,000 times in the Old Testament. It's, it's a little word, con- a conjunction is a little connecting word which connects, links together things that are apart. And listen very carefully here. There isn't one use of this conjunction and in the Holy Bible as translated from the original which isn't Holy Spirit inspired. Every and in the Bible as written by the inspired authors and given to us in the Bible has divine meaning and purpose and relevance. You can't scratch out even one and rightly if that is what the text says as God has given it to us. And think now with me, how awesome is each and in our text for this service. The little word and, and several times in a row, it links for us two rich, rich truths wonderfully, which if not linked would make the two truths in each couplet most meaningless and certainly without any gospel power and comfort for us. And to see this, imagine if a baby is born and, and you couldn't say, as we most often can, praise God, oh, look at our little baby girl or baby boy. See how he has arms and legs. He has eyes and ears. He has a nose and mouth. He has five fingers and five toes on both his hands and his feet. You hear in what I'm saying, the use of and in telling about the baby is bringing out what a healthy baby altogether God has given us. Praise the Lord. Or take instead a new place or maybe a new truck or, or, or a computer and you say, wow, it has this and this and that and, and this and, and that besides and this also, don't forget, and, and with the result... You are, you are totally drawn and attracted when you add up all the ands together. There's no doubt in your mind if you could buy that house or that truck or that computer, what a great purchase it would be. Well now, beloved, with Jesus, the Savior of sinners, our text in the same way in the last chapter of the Bible, just with the little word and, is proclaiming to us loud and clear, What a whole and complete, indeed perfect and splendid, supreme Savior for sinners like us. God has given to us. When the fullness of time was come, God sent His Son to become Emmanuel, God with us, Son of God and Son of Man in one person. And listen, He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He is the root and descendant of David. He is the bright morning star, you could say, as I said, the bright and the morning star. In reflecting on these ands, in our two texts, given, on, given us in this last chapter of Revelation. It's almost like, don't, don't you think? Do you, do you see this with me? It's almost like it seems, as the New Testament is about to close, God, the Holy Spirit, sends out like, yet with, like a fireworks display. 
One more climactic, dazzling gospel display with flash after flash, one after another, and all joined together to have us see and behold Christ Jesus in all his beauty and worth as Savior of sinners. Here, just imagine if in our two texts from Revelation 22, there wasn't this connector, conjunction, and are you okay with a Savior who is Alpha, but not Omega? Beginning, but not end? First, but not last? Root of David, but not descendant of David? Bright star, but not morning star for us? No way, says the true child of God who knows something of how great his or her sins and miseries are by nature. I need a Savior, a complete Savior God in every way or being truly saved and having real and eternal peace in my heart in life and death is just not possible. Indeed, doesn't the true Christian even come to learn to see my salvation and my hope in life For this life and life eternal, it lies in the and, in each of these couplets. You and my salvation is only possible for us and has any real meaning and sense and comfort exactly because of the and in each and all of the five couplets as also given now in Revelation 22. Does this make sense to you now as we're starting to expand on our texts and draw from it? Children and young people, you too. Are you listening? Thinking of the word and, looking to ourselves, I thought of how how you and I can be and are so often anxious, needy, and despairing, just using the letters of the word and. But with the and in our text, we truly find and have an awesome, noteworthy, delightful gospel conjunction, providing great salvation, hope, and help for us for whoever trusts and follows Jesus Christ. Notice how five times with and, God is saying four or five times, God is saying to us, you and me, as he closes off the Bible, with Jesus the Savior, you have a complete Savior in all your needs, regardless how sinful you are in yourself, no matter your failures and your remaining struggles and challenges. Hang on to the and, this gospel conjunction and in our text, and you will not be put to shame. Maybe this morning here among us, there's one or more quite disheartened, discouraged with himself or herself or with your circumstances or with this miserable fallen world. Maybe you're anxious about the school year, whether as a student or a teacher. Or maybe you're anxious about family matters or church matters or world matters. Or it could be just in general, as we are in November and and while it's beautiful weather now, we know winter's coming and, and you get down in winter. You don't see any light at the end of the tunnel with ongoing problems and trials and, and sorrows and struggles and debts and disappointments and hardships and anxieties that you find yourself in or that you feel your family members are in or others. Well, can I point you to Jesus as described in our text just to the five 
four fivefold and and to lift up your spirit to revive and renew faith in God as revealed in Christ and to bring light in your darkness and direction in your life and hope in your in your in your miseries and comfort in your sorrows looking to the Jesus of our text the and in the text as given four or five times at least in our two verses from Revelation 22 it's an awesome gospel conjunction but to see that more clearly, let's move to our second point and consider how it's a noteworthy conjunction. And to drive home how noteworthy and richly significant this conjunction and is, let me mention another couplet that the Bible gives us to help make it clear. I'm thinking here of what we read in Hebrews 12. You may know that passage where the inspired writer of Hebrews is exhorting struggling believers in his day. And he says, let's run with endurance the race that is set before us, meaning let's steadfastly live with diligence the Christian life. How so? Looking to Jesus, he says. And he says, the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You could translate founder and perfecter as also author and finisher of our faith, or originator, beginner, and completer of our faith. In other words, when you think it through, whatever the exact terms you might use, the summary divinely inspired teaching is that the whole of our salvation from start to finish is dependent on Christ Jesus and is centered on him and it revolves around him and is found all in him as the crucified and risen redeemer oh there just now did you hear it you have another and Another and so to trust and rejoice in about Jesus, the Savior. He's not just the crucified Savior. Crucified and risen Savior. Imagine if that wasn't the case. Just crucified but not risen. Then, says Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, all our faith would be in vain and salvation from sin and escape from hell forever. It would forever be hopeless for everyone, including you and me. But listen, Jesus is the crucified and risen Savior. And as such, he is the author and finisher of our faith. This is what the and in the five couplets in Revelation 2 is teaching us in each case. Do you hear the most precious, reliable, solid, ever gracious, comforting gospel? for all who look to him, for all who trust and follow Jesus as only Savior and Lord. Yes, just in the awesome, noteworthy gospel conjunction, and. And so, coming to our text again in Revelation, when our text says Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, that's using, I think you know, the first and the last letters of the Greek alphabet, often is found on pulpits or church walls, I think somewhere here too, and it's saying he's the A to Z Savior and everything else in between. And it's telling us the whole of our salvation in every way for always is found with him and in him. Indeed, congregation, the key to being saved and remaining saved and being fruitful, joyful believers is always looking to that Savior 
whom the Bible reveals to us and clinging to Him and staying with Him and ever trusting and following Him as revealed in His Word. Paul says, let Him be your all in all. Is that, does that find an echo in your heart? You know, in Christian worship today, how good and God-honoring when you and I may again or for a first time be drawn to Christ and to acknowledge Him and His perfect saving work as crucified and risen Savior. And we, make, and we testify of Him as our refuge most wonderful and our comfort most sure. Jesus is the and Savior of the five couplets in our text for undeserving, unreliable, still struggling, and yet Alas, so sinful people as you and I are, even as confessing believers in and of ourselves. You know, also in thinking of the need, and we really believe that too, don't we? The need of the Holy Spirit's regenerating and converting, sanctifying work in our hearts and lives. It too is in and through Jesus Christ that we can be sure of redemption accomplished and applied. Yes, full and free. For whoever has ears to hear, looking away from self to Christ, the Savior, this is the gospel message. Don't, don't be anxious, needy, distressed people. For Jesus is the Savior for all who call on him in repentance and faith. As often as you come, Jesus is the gracious and glorious Savior of sinners, the most faithful and everlasting Savior in the generations he never quits or stops in his saving work, but he works salvation accomplished and applied in a beginning and ending way, in a first to last way. And so our text also says that he is the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. Jesus is the Savior, dear congregation here, for repentant, believing, struggling people of God who have nothing to offer from themselves but their failures and their shortcomings and their inconsistencies and their remaining sins and sinfulness. And don't we have to do that so often? Lord, if it's up to me, nothing's going to come of living for you and being truly your child. But if it's up to you, oh, then there's hope even for the most hopeless. You know, you know the story of Moses before Pharaoh in Exodus 4, where he threw his rod on the ground and that rod became a snake and that snake, it swallowed up all the other snakes of, that the magicians made when they threw their rods on the ground. And we can say, congregation, from the two verses of Revelation 22, the and swallows up in those two verses any and every sin and objection or struggle from you and me unto our complete salvation. The gospel is in and with Christ and his plenteous redemption by Jesus Christ, his life and death, and ministered to us by his Spirit. Oh, you and I are covered. We are covered, even as many as entrust themselves to this Christ, the only Savior of sinners. Our, I have this in bold in my sermon script, our numberless ands and buts that could prevent us from being saved and staying saved are infinitely outnumbered, even just with the five gospel ands in Revelation 22, verse 13 and 16. Let sinners come to Jesus for a first time, and God's people here for all time, and you will never be left 
disappointed, and despairing. Our two texts for this service prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Also that Jesus is the root and descendant of David. If he was only the root, he would never have come. And the gospel of salvation for sinners like us would never have been accomplished. And the promises would never have been fulfilled. But what did the angel Gabriel say to Mary when announcing to her she would be the chosen mother of the Christ child? Luke 1, 32, 33. We read there, Gabriel says to Mary about the baby to be born in her womb. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign for, over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Isn't that splendid good news? Oh, and that Jesus is the bright morning star? Or the bright and morning star? That's so great too. He's not just a bright star in the sky at night, but he's also the morning star when the dawn breaks for the new day, the eternal day to come. It's so wonderful, so complete what we have in Christ. The point is, you see, for God's people, Jesus is the light of the world. And in the final day, as well as in life here and now, he will be the light forever. And all the redeemed will be always living in the light. And there will be, as we read in Revelation 22, verse 5, there will be no more night there, not with the bright morning star ever with us. No, never. Altogether, altogether then, do you see it with me? How amazing is this little conjunction and in our text. It is these ands in our text today that proclaim the, and promise to us Christ as the altogether gracious, glorious, lovely Savior of sinners. Oh, the exact Savior you and I need. Are you trusting in this Savior to be your Savior too? Isn't it amazing how in verse 17, in the context of this passage, we have this most gracious gospel invitation. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, yes, in Jesus' name. And let the one who hears say, come. And let him who is thirsty, come. Let the one who desires take the water without price. Dear congregation, truly trusting Jesus Christ means you come to him, yes, confessing your sinfulness and your sins and acknowledging Jesus Christ, the crucified and risen Redeemer, as the only Savior of sinners and the one to whom you look and trust in, as the one you trust is totally capable to save even a wretch like you and me. When you struggle in the faith, when you feel so unworthy, when you know your guilt and your corruption in yourself, when you do wrong again in spite of what you want to do, the good you want to do, then hold on to these ands in our text, each and all of them, and be encouraged to keep on looking unto Jesus and living for him. You know, when people won't look to Jesus the Savior, and instead continue in sin and unbelief, it could be, also here, anyone among us, then the Bible promises no hope for you, none. For what does it profit a man, we read, to gain the whole world and lose his soul, forfeit his soul? Mark 8, verse 36. Is that, is that the and that's finally going to summarize your life, anyone here still unsaved? You lived on earth, and then left all behind 
and perished forever in hell? In Proverbs 29, verse 1, it states most fearfully, He who is often reproved, yet stiffens his neck, will suddenly be broken beyond healing. Another rendering, and beyond healing and without remedy. Another, rem- another translation puts it. And without remedy. Think of that. Think of meeting God and without remedy. The Bible warns about that. If you will not be found in Christ, will you live a life without Christ here in endless regrets here already and then perish in sin and meet, meet God and eternity and that without remedy? Oh, don't let that be the case. Jesus, he warns us, there in hell will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Think it through the evil of despising God and his precious gospel word. Today is yet the day of salvation. Hear his word as he so lovingly says, I'm the and Savior, filling your every need. And how wonderful and blessed too, isn't it, dear congregation, you who fear and love the Lord. How wonderful, how upbuilding our text is in the Christian faith through these five ands. Doesn't it, doesn't it give you reason even, even to skip for joy with such a Savior? And to see this more, let's come now to our third point and see what a delightful gospel conjunction we have here too in our text. It's so delightful, this, these ands, because if you understand the gospel, just in relation to the conjunction and in our two verses, it helps you to see the unsearchable riches of Christ as only Savior and Lord as made known to us in all the Bible. There's nothing more Jesus could have done to save sinners like us and there's nothing more that Jesus needs to do to save sinners like us. Yes, that's the gospel truth. And the more you think about it and grasp it in faith, the ands in our text in Revelation 22 You know what? The whole of Scripture begins to open up with so much more meaning and power. And it just makes you so thankful to God. And here let me give you some other text references with and in it that are so special. Take, for instance, 1 Timothy 1.15 where we read, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. What saying? Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And what about 2 Peter 1 verse 2a where we read, May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. What about Psalm 23 verse 6? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What about Psalm 147, verse 3, where we read about the Lord? He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. What about Psalm 86, verse 5, where the psalmist testifies, For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. What about Isaiah 45, verse 22, where God earnestly calls to all, Turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. What about Psalm 103, verse 8, where David says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger. What about Psalm 121, verse 8, The Lord will keep your going out 
and you're coming in from this time forth and forevermore. What about James 4, verse 7 and 8? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. What about Matthew? Matthew 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. What about, what about when, the, when the women came to the tomb thinking Jesus was dead and the angel said, no, no, he's risen, as he said. And then they said to the, to the women, go, go tell the disciples and Peter. Oh, what a beautiful and that is. And Peter, the one who denied his Savior so, so terribly. What about what we read in Acts 5, verse 30 to 32, where Peter and the apostles, we read, they testify, the God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. And what about Matthew 11, verse 28? You know those words where Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Dear congregation, do you hear it? These precious gospel ands, and I could go on and on, giving you text after text, showing the beauty and the power and the riches of the gospel, just taking note of the little word and in text after text. And maybe a good challenge later today or this week in personal or family devotions is that you look up a verse and find a precious and and that you share it with your family and friends too. And with this challenge, I think just also of what we read in Psalm 34, verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. You know, if Bible reading is getting rather boring or stale for you, well, then pay attention to the conjunction and. And under God's blessing, you will be surprised how it opens up the Scriptures and so warms your heart and thrills your soul. Ask yourself every time, without the and, how there would be no gospel. And with the and, as revealed in Christ, oh, how the conjunction and brings out such precious, powerful good news. The point is, the ands of the Bible are so rich. Having heard this gospel word now, will you rely on this Christ and rejoice in him too, in humble thanksgiving? Yes, as Jesus says, well, let me quote the text one more time. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Praise God. I am the beginning and the end. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright and morning star. I, Jesus, have sent my angel, my minister, to testify to you about these things in the churches and for the churches. Indeed, congregation, with word and sacrament, and that in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Oh, don't you agree? Isn't this a gospel so endlessly gracious and glorious, inviting and earnest? Yes, and so very comforting and exciting, and that for sinful people like ourselves, in the church and outside the church, for Jew and Gentile, and for whoever has ears to hear and repents and believes. This is the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And listen, it's the gospel huh, for soul and body, in life and death, 
for now and forevermore. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your word, especially to now this awesome, noteworthy, delightful gospel conjunction in our text of this morning. And to you be all the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, your word is so very rich. And we confess we can so easily look over so much that your word teaches. And even these little conjunction, the little conjunction and. But thank you for, for opening it up to us this morning. And may it help us pay closer attention to your word. And may it help us to worship you as we read your word in our personal devotions, in our family devotions, and in our church life. Oh, Lord, bless us through your word, even through these ands today. Keep us from compartmentalizing our worship, that it just be in church, but that our lives be worshipful all the days of our week, ever looking to you, so great Savior God, as given by the Father and made known to us by the Holy Spirit through your precious word. Forgive all that which was sinful, even in the most holy worship, and receive our praise. In Jesus' name alone we ask. Amen.